It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. It is the Monday Mailbag Edition, and it's time to do something different. Something new, something different, something. You know, you always want to do something. You always want to try to make it better, and that's why today uh, I'm doing this for you live. It is a live Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30. And uh, I'm live on Twitter Spaces, where I see that uh, people are joining in to listen here today. So uh, as you listen along, if you have any questions and uh, you want to ask those questions, you can do just that. First, let me tell you about the fine folks over at Ohio Credit Union. You know, they've been servicing Central in southwestern Ohio for a long, long time. And the reason that they've been around so long is because they treat their customers so very right. I mean, you probably have your money in a bank, right? Well, why not a credit union? Maybe you have that question. Why should I move to a credit union and move out of my bank? Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, Tell Ohio Credit Union has that answer for you, and they have the answer to every one of the questions that is on your mind. You'll be able to find the answers just by going to their website at tellohio.org. You can go around. You can surf on the uh, website. You can uh, check the different tabs and get your questions answered. Maybe it's something as simple as a personal checking account for you. Maybe it's a business loan. Who knows? could be anything in between and maybe even much, much more. To find out if they can help you at Telhio Credit Union, just go to see them once again at telhio.org. Telhio Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. All right, it was a mixed bag road trip for the Blue Jackets last week. They went to Carolina. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes for the first time this year, and they did it with authority. Six to nothing. They thumped the Carolina Hurricanes. There wasn't a doggone thing that Carolina could do to uh, make it right. There was no way that they could uh, they, they couldn't score. They couldn't do anything. The Blue Jackets had them shut down. It was the most uh, complete game that this team has played for 60 minutes all year long. There's no arguing that. It was uh, it was really good the way that they went and they did it. Now I'll tell you this. I'll be completely honest about this. The Carolina Hurricanes had some grade A opportunities where they missed the net. I'll give you that, but. Elvis Merzlikens also made some great saves. He, he, uh, saves. he stopped a couple of breakaways in that game. Whenever they needed him to come up with a big save, he was there with a big save. And whenever they needed to get a goal, they were able to get a goal. Whenever they needed a block shot, they got a block shot. Uh, it just they, they just played a complete game on Thursday. And that made it so exciting to go into Florida on Saturday. And then just a couple of minutes into that game, it was no longer exciting and the uh, – Florida Panthers just imposed their will on the Blue Jackets. Nine to two was the final in that. So that is as mixed bag as you get, right? I mean, that's that's the definition of a mixed bag there. Good and bad, it all came together in those two games. Now, the Blue Jackets originally were going to be playing in New York against the Islanders tomorrow. That's one of the many games on their schedule that has been postponed. So they will uh, wait until Thursday when they go to Philadelphia to see the Flyers for the very first time this year going to be interesting this the rest of the way is going to be interesting to see exactly how everything goes down and to see exactly how everything happens now uh, you can ask a question on twitter just put your hand up and uh, bring you on and ask a question uh, also i have some questions that have already been 
sent to me, whether on Twitter or a couple of them have been emailed to me, and I want to start to get to those right away and get things going. A couple of days ago, uh, Greg sent me a question, and so here it is. I will answer it for you now. Hello, Bob. Greg in Cleveland here. I noticed earlier today that Gregory Hoffman was put on unconditional waivers, so I'm assuming the unconditional part of that means that's a fond farewell and we will not see him back. So I know he had a couple goals, maybe a handful of assists. Um, any reason other than performance that sent him packing? And also, who filled his spot on the roster? Well, Greg, uh, Gregory Hoffman left because his wife was uh, pregnant and they were having their first child, and he went back over to Switzerland for uh, the birth of his child. When he left, everybody was under the impression that he was coming back. And once he got over there, he made the decision that he was uh, no longer going to come back and be a part of the Blue Jackets. So uh, it was uh, it was a surprise, no question about that. I mean, they knew he was going to go, right? They knew he was going to leave. They gave him permission to leave. Hey, go ahead over there. Um, when your wife has the baby, come back over and, and get back to work. And that was the plan. And then somewhere along the line, uh, the plan changed. And, um, you know, and these things do happen. I always tell you that there is a human factor that's involved here, right? I mean, there is, uh, there is a life outside of hockey, believe it or not. Uh, there really is. And, uh, you know, obviously things changed for him. Um, he decided and his family decided that's where they were going to stay. And the Blue Jackets uh, eventually then put him uh, through waivers to terminate his contract. And then uh, once that happened, uh, he was free to go ahead and uh, re-sign in his previous league. So uh, he's he's out. And uh, who took his place? Well, you know, there uh, uh, nobody really because he had been a scratch, and uh, there was you know there were extra forwards. So for right now, uh, the Blue Jackets are just you know they're just trying to keep guys in the lineup and uh, keep them off the COVID list right now <laughs> is what they're doing. So um, nobody's really taken his place, quote unquote, at this point in time. But uh, Gregory Hoffman is no longer a Blue Jacket, as you said. So. Um, it's unfortunate. It's disappointing, but but uh, anyway, it's uh, it is uh, it is what it is, as they say, right? Uh, it absolutely is what it is. So, thanks, Greg, for the question. Uh, got another question that uh, came to me via email. Bobby Mack at BlueJackets.com is where you can find uh, or where you can send those questions to me on email. Here's the next one. Hey, Bob. This is Joe from Cleveland. So I don't really feel like talking about the Jekyll and Hyde team that is the Blue Jackets. Instead, I got a question for you today. We got the Pittsburgh Penguins coming into town this Friday, and you mentioned last week, and you've mentioned other times on your podcast, that you are a Pittsburgh native. And it got me thinking that probably as a child growing up in Pittsburgh, that um, you probably were exposed to the Pittsburgh Penguins quite a bit maybe had a bit of a fandom there. Um, fair enough. There was no Columbus team at that time. Um, you know, you moved on from what I remember to Syracuse and then the Columbus organization. And I've always wondered, were you a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins growing up? And if so, uh, these days when you announce a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, as a Columbus Blue Jackets announcer, like, how do you do that? Um, I grew up in Cleveland. All I've known is Cleveland fans. I adopted the Blue Jackets when they came into inception because uh, there's no way I'm going to be a Detroit or Pittsburgh fan. It ain't going to happen. So um, 
How do you navigate that? What's the history behind that? Um, did your fandom dissipate over time as you move from city to city? Is there still a little bit there because you got ties with family back home? Or maybe this whole question is moot because you never, ever liked the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm really curious. And no matter how you answer, I'm still going to check in on your Monday morning uh, mailbags and other podcast interviews, as well as listening to the games as I travel on the radio. So uh, I do have to say that I hope the Jackets find a way to get some consistency this Friday. They could lose the rest of the games of the season, as long as they could just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday. I'd really appreciate that. Um, love to hear your answer, Bob. Thanks for taking my question. Well, you might appreciate that, but don't lie to me. You don't want them to lose every game the rest of the season. Even you would not make that trade. Nobody would make that trade. Come on, let's be honest. But to answer your question, yeah, I grew up. I was born in Pittsburgh. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, I was a fan of every Pittsburgh team in every sport. Uh, that's just when I was growing up, that's the way it was. I mean, the only teams that existed were the teams that played against the Pittsburgh teams, and that was it. I mean, you didn't shift around like today. There's so many uh, so many people, and especially, you know, with fantasy sports, the way that they've come in, and the fact that you have uh, 24-hour sports channels, and you have social media, and you have the internet, you, you know everything about everybody. And when I was growing up, you didn't really know everything about everybody the way that you do today. But you knew all about your teams. If you were looking for information on your teams, it was easy to find that information all the time. So, um, yes, I was. There's no need to lie about it. That's where I grew up. That's how I was. And, you know, as you – once you get into sports, I tell people this all the time, people that tell me they want to work in sports because they're huge fans. I tell them, if you're a fan – then here's what you need to do. Just keep buying tickets and going to the games. Because once you get on the inside, it just changes. It just, you know, it. Uh, I don't want to say it taints it or anything. You just know how things work. You know too many things, and you know even the situation that is happening, you can pretty much figure out in your mind what's going on behind the scenes, whether you're with that team or you're not with that team. So it, it just, it, you look at it differently. You don't look at it as a fan so much anymore. So um, so there's that aspect of it. I also was in Syracuse when the Blue Jackets came into existence, and we were their first American Hockey League team. So, you know, I feel like I've been with this organization since the very beginning, even though the first half was in the American Hockey League and the second half has been uh, here in the National Hockey League. But uh, with all of that being said, I can really break down uh, this Pittsburgh thing easily to you. Uh, I remember we went there for the playoffs, and we were opening the series in Pittsburgh, and uh, we were in the building. It was prior to game one of the series, and Jody Shelley came into my booth, and he said, uh, I will tell you what, when this series is over, whatever you used to have liked about this franchise, you won't like it. You will like nothing about this team anymore. And I said, I go, really? That's a, uh, you know, that's, you're talking about 40 years of, you know, watching a team and knowing what's going on. I said, uh, really, it's going to be like that? And he said, yeah, it's going to be like that. I'm just telling you. And he walked out of my booth, and a couple of minutes later, uh, warm-ups came. And when warm-ups were over, while the two teams were still in their dressing rooms and had not come onto the ice for the opening of the, of the game, uh, everybody in the building 
with the lights down, was chanting, let's go Pens. And at that moment, I was like, uh, you know, and I wanted the Blue Jackets to win anyway. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I went there with my team, and I want my team to win. But it was at that moment where it really hits home where you're thinking to yourself, I've heard this chant my entire life, but this chant is now basically directed at me and my team. They want us to lose. They want us knocked out of the playoffs. They want us to go home. And it was it, that moment on, it was just all different. You know, when I first came into this league, we played the Penguins two times a year. Or, or even or at first, it might have been one time a year, for crying out loud. Remember in the in the uh, Eastern Conference, you used to see them once, and then they would come to your place once, you would go to their place the next year, whatever it was. So the, I didn't even see them very often when I got here. But that playoff series really just kind of, you know, hit home. And, I, and the uh, athletic trainer is still a good friend of mine. The equipment manager is still a good friend of mine. We work together in the East Coast Hockey League, but th- that doesn't matter. We can be friends and we can talk outside of the games. But, um, no, I have no no interest in ever, ever being with the Blue Jackets and losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins. It stinks every time. I hate it. I hate going into that building and losing. We have lost so many times big games in that building. It drives me crazy. Um you know, it's it's, and I don't talk to my family about hockey. I really don't. And when it comes to the Penguins, they start talking like they know everything, and I know they don't know anything. They don't. They don't know a thing. They're ta- They're just saying what they've heard on the radio, or they've seen on TV, or they've read on the internet, or in the paper, whatever it is. They don't know. They don't even know. So I just, I stay away from it. I stay away from it. We all get along a lot better if we don't even speak about it. It's as simple as that. So there it is. There's the answer to the question. Was and is are two different things. Was, yes. Is, uh uh-uh. And, uh, yeah, I hope the Blue Jackets win Friday. I hope they win all the time. But uh, Friday would be really, 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 really nice. Uh, That would, but again, Torch used to say, one game at a time, Philadelphia is before Pittsburgh. And after what happened on Saturday in Florida, you really want to go into that game in Philadelphia and have a – Have a good game. It's as simple as that. All right, I'm doing this uh, Monday Mailbag live on Twitter Spaces. It's the first time I've used this. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even do a crash course or anything, so I know that many of you are listening uh, right along with me here today, and I do appreciate it. Let's see if I can uh, bring one of you on right now. Jordan Brown. Jordan, are you there? Do I have you, Jordan? Yep, you got it, Bob. Oh, there we go. (laughs) There we are, live. You're my first, Jordan. How How you like that? You know, I've been a Jackets fan since those seven, and you know, my question is: Will we see the? Will we see our guys do better, like not having Tortorella around, as it compares to Brad Larson? How do you think he has done? You know, with the squad so far. Well, how has Brad Larson done with the squad? Is that what you're asking me? No, I didn't know because I heard Domi might get traded or Roskovic. What What are the chances of Roskovic and Domi getting traded? You know. By all means, because Corpy could be out if he never did get traded. Where do you think? Where do you think it could stand if the Armo did pick some of the players from, you know, Carolina or Toronto, all that stuff? What What would he do if I were in his shoes? If you were in Yarmo's shoes, would you trade those guys? Is that yeah. what you're asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've got Domi on an expiring contract, so I, I think that makes him a. Uh... Uh, a trade target. I mean, he's a very talented guy. I know he hasn't really uh, lived up to everything that we've wanted to see here so far. 
I don't think anybody can argue that he has. Uh, he came here. We thought he'd be playing center. He hasn't played center very much. He's been playing on the wing. He, but he's really talented. He's a great passer. There's some really good things he can do. He's just been kind of a hot and cold guy. So with the amount of money that he makes and uh, with his contract expiring and with uh, him probably having uh, some teams that will be in the playoffs that are looking for somebody with his talents, I would say that uh, he's got to be on the trade radar around the league. There's no no doubt about that in my mind that he is. Uh, Jack Roslevic, here's another one that's it's really kind of um, – it's puzzling. He was so good last year when he got here. So good. And and this year he has struggled so much. And I know that he's still trying to learn that center position. That's what he wants to play. And he's trying to learn how to do it. And uh, he worked a lot in the offseason about getting better defensively. And, you know, there have been times that he's won big face-offs and times he's lost face-offs. But uh, I, I don't know where that is. But, I, I, you know, will he be traded right now? I don't know that he will. But I, I will say that where this team is right now, what it's going through, like for Jack Roslovic, they've got to be evaluating him and saying, okay, is he a long-term answer? Is he going to be able to make the adjustments that he has to make to be a long-term answer? And and I don't know what that answer is right now because, again, he's been kind of hot and cold. You know, he, uh, he did get a goal in Carolina the other day, and, and that was good, and it was a breakaway goal at that. But um, uh, would he be out there if somebody was interested in a centerman? I think you would have to honestly listen to it if you're the Blue Jackets right now. And, you know, Corpusalo, I, I don't know. Um, this, this one puzzles me because it hasn't been a normal year for him. He hasn't played a lot because of injury and illness. And then when he has played, the team hasn't played that well in front of him. And uh, I, I'm afraid that hurts his trade value. Maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, it, it sure would be nice. I hate to say this. It's terrible to say, Jordan. But, you know, if somebody lost their goalie long term and they absolutely needed a guy that they know is NHL ready and they know he's been proven in the playoffs, uh, then maybe you could get uh, an even better deal for him. I don't know. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see. But, you know, I think all three of those guys that you mentioned, when you say, you know, could they be trade targets, I think the answer is yes on any of the three of them uh, between now and that trade deadline. Most of the time, I've always heard everybody's been talking about, you know, some of the trade rumors like uh, Kessel was another one, and Kessel's on a block, and I don't know if they're going to be able to sign him again. I looked at, you know, social media platforms where they're talking about, you know, some of the key players like Patrick Kane is a Blackhawk, and if he goes to the Rangers, the Blackhawks could lose their favorite players. And, you know, with Elvis, I mean, how do you think I would rate Elvis as like an all-star player, even for Mafia, even though he misses Matias, he's still a great goalie. And my only thing is like, how do you see more of, you know, Boone and then he got Zach Ransky on the line. I mean, he got focus who's, you know, on protocol. You could bring like some of the guys from the monsters, like Carson Meyer could be a good help. You know, after all, Carson is a Buckeye. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, and, and I know that he's uh, he's played pretty well this year. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Like, and again, that's what the rest of this uh, that's what the rest of this season is going to be. It is going to be to figure out the answers to these questions. So, Jordan, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your question. Let's move to uh, another one here, and let's get Madigan on board to ask a question. Hello, Madigan. Madigan, are you? There? Oh, there you are. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. Hi, it's Pittsburgh Week, which always gets me fired up because I hate them so much. 
but it's so frustrating to see someone like Lana is so good miss 90% of the time or more. Oh, Patrick Line, you're, you're, you're talking about Line and and missing with his shot. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's been frustrating. I'm sure it's really frustrating for him. And you know, I'm not making an excuse for him, but he's still trying to get his timing back from being off for six or seven weeks. And um, but that being said, yeah, it's really frustrating because he has such a great shot, and if he's going to take it, and it's not even on the net, then it means it has no chance whatsoever. So I understand your frustration with that. Yeah, it's like it's so frustrating to see this team go from. Win one night, kick a good team's butt, and then completely fizzle out the next night. I'm like, what is going on with this team? Well, hey, listen, in all fairness, it's not just this team when it comes to what happened there last week. Uh, they caught Carolina at a time where, you know, Carolina hadn't been playing uh, a lot of games. They were only playing their fifth game in 25 days, and they had their earlier game of the week canceled. And I think the Blue Jackets got them at a good time where they got them not ready. And then they exploited them. To their credit, they exploited them. They didn't mess around with them. They went right after them. They took it to them, and they beat them. Going in to play Florida is a different beast. I mean, the Florida Panthers just came off a 7-1 to whipping of the Dallas Stars the night before, and they were feeling really good about themselves. They have been feeling really good about themselves. They're a really good team. They're a really good team, Madigan. It's not like, you know, if you beat Carolina and then you played Arizona the next day and you got thumped like that, now we have a real conversation and real issue. But it was the Florida Panthers. I mean, they are they're tied for tops in the league, right, with points. So um, you, there was no cupcake team coming on Saturday. It was a team that was loaded and ready and just took it to the Blue Jackets. So, yes, again, it's frustrating, but uh, this is what the Florida Panthers have done all year long. They're way, someone like Seattle completely caught me by surprise. What? Seattle, Seattle, taking my surprise. I'm like, these guys are way more physical than I thought they would be. Yeah, well. They're good. They may have to work for it. Well, well, Seattle, you know, I mean, Ron Francis has put together good teams. You know, Ron Francis, for the most part, put together that uh, team that, the Blue Jackets beat in Carolina, so uh, he knows how to put together a team. It'll take them a while to gel, and they'll add to it, and they'll take away from it, and uh, they'll get it right. But, uh, yeah, again, uh, good teams. There, there's no night off in this league. There is no night off in this league. Madigan, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Live CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. And uh, I've got Dave is the next to ask a question. Welcome to the show, Dave. Dave, do, you, do I have you? Are Here you, we go. There you, you are, going, Dave. Bobby? How's your day going? It's going well. How are you? Pretty good. So my question is, uh, Lars obviously has a pretty big spotlight on him being the head coach this season, but he also had his share of the spotlight as an assistant coach behind the bench. Uh, I have. I feel like the assistant coaches this season haven't really been um, publicly seen or addressed recently. And I was wondering if that's more of Lars just trying to take on most of the brunt himself, or is that where is that coming from? And how how do you think they've been doing this season? I I don't I don't think it's Brad Larson trying to take on anything. To be honest with you, um, you know, the assistant coaches they're both first time guys here. Okay, uh, you know, when John Tortorella was here as the head coach, yeah, he's the lightning rod and he gets all of the attention. But uh, you know, Larson, look. look Larson got attention because of the power play and because it struggled. That's how everybody knew his name. I, I'll be honest with you. If uh, the power play would have been mediocre, 
would it, how much would it ever have been talked about, right? If it was really great, it would have been talked about who was in charge of it. When it was really not great, it was talked about who was in charge of it. Um, you know, and, and Brad Shaw was – Brad Shaw, you know, played in the league, and he, he coached uh, other places in the league. They were just more uh, – he was more of a high-profile guy, in my opinion. Uh, so now you've got uh, Pascal Vincent, who's come in here, and I think he's done a really good job. He's been a quiet – under-the-radar guy, comes from the Winnipeg Jets organization where he was an assistant coach in the NHL. He was also the head coach of their, their American Hockey League team. Uh, he's, he's, a good, he's, he's a good X's and O's guy. He is a, uh, a hard-working guy, and the, and the players have uh, his respect. And he's been running that power play this year. And when the personnel is there, that power play has been uh, pretty good to be honest with you. So uh, he's done a nice job with that. And Steve McCarthy coming in as the uh, heading up the defense, you know, here's a guy who wasn't even supposed to be here, but he winds up being in the National Hockey League. He's a young guy getting his first opportunity here. And, um, you know, again, he's doing a good job. I, t- To me, if you are an assistant coach in this league, and maybe this is to go to say for every pro league, to be honest with you, uh, if you're an assistant coach and your name is out there, uh, there's one of two things. Either you are doing so well that people are talking about you being a head coach somewhere else, or you are doing so badly that everybody wants you fired. If you're in that middle range, you're doing a great job. If nobody's saying, like, it's almost like that uh, stay-at-home defenseman, right? Uh, if we're not talking about you, you're doing your job. And I think that's where both of these guys slot in, to be honest with you. And it's not a Brad Larson trying to take all the spotlight and not give any credit uh, to these guys whatsoever. He appreciates everything that they do. Um but they're doing a good job. They're just more low-profile guys than, uh, than you've been used to having around here in the last couple of years. But they are going to become high-profile guys because they're going to get more experience every day. And with the job that they're doing, um, you know, these jobs are paying off for them. Yeah, and it, it makes it pretty easy to remember them when they're both named Brad. So <laughs> I do miss Brad Shaw's uh, style choices, So. Anyway, thank you for your time. All right. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being on. I'm live on uh, Twitter Spaces here today with a live CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. So if you are, if you're on this and uh, you want to, you want to be on the show, just uh, let me know. Just make a request and we will get right to it. Uh, let me go to Twitter at Bobby Max Sports and there are some uh, things that some people had sent in. Uh, here's an interesting question for you. Jody wrote this one, and it's not Jody Shelley. Uh, Jody said, if you or Jeff Rimmer would happen to get sick and can't call a game, who will replace you? Interesting question because, Jody, we go into almost every game wondering if we're doing it or we're not doing it. We're like the players right now, right? I mean, earlier today, uh, uh, Anna Boquist and Vladislav Gavrikov got put on the COVID protocol list. I mean, we're in the traveling party. We're getting tested every day, and – uh, you know how it is. You, you feel great, and you go and get tested, and then, like me, I'm waiting for the email to say, am I good? Am I good? Am I negative? Okay, I'm negative. I'm going to go to work today. So, um, yeah, so we we haven't had to deal with this, and I hope to God we never have to deal with it, either Jeff or I. And uh, I, I'm not sure what would happen. I think if um, if one of us could go, we would just cover the job of both uh, is what I think that we would do. Uh, you know, do a radio TV simulcast, I think. You know, Valley Sports could also, I guess you could put Dave Metzold in that spot and uh, continue to do your TV broadcast if if they wanted to do it that way. But um, if we both ended up getting tested positive at the same time, that's when it's a real trick. And uh, I know uh, Jeff has been talking to some people around the league in the different cities that we've gone to and try to help uh, the team line up some 
people in case of emergency type of thing. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, Jody, I hope we never have to deal with it and uh, that we just continue to go. We, I, I was teasing Jeff the other day. I said it seems like it's it's just you and I that are left on the broadcast side here. Um, so we're, we're, we're having our own little contest to see – you know, who can make it all the way through. And I hope that the contest ends in a tie where we both make it all the way through when it is all said and done. Uh, what else do I have here? Charlie says, it was a blast seeing the Carolina game live. I'm interested to hear how the booth was with you and Jody Shelley. And uh, I'll answer that right away. Charlie, it was great. You know, there was uh, national TV. It was an ESPN Plus game. So Jody came over and worked with me on the radio and and we had a blast, and, and it was an easy game to call, right? Six to nothing. Your team does nothing wrong. It was absolutely wonderful. So we had a great, uh, great time doing that. So that answers that part of your question. But here's the other part of Charlie's question. Charlie says, "Can you explain how the coaches make changes? Are most made in the locker room, or are they live on the bench?" So this goes back to this whole hockey 101 thing we've been talking about here for the last couple of weeks. We're, uh, you know, trying to get in just a, a regular uh, little. Here's something that happens in the game that maybe you don't understand. So when you're talking about changes, some are done in the room, some are done on the bench. So let's say you've just played a horrible first period, and as a coach you know you have to change things up for the second period. You can go in there and you can talk to the players and you can say, okay, here's what we're doing in the second period. Um, we're going, you three are on a line, you three are on a line, you three are on a line, so are you three, and then we're going to go with that to start this period and go. But the bulk of those changes like that, they're done on the fly. They're done on the bench. And, um, you know, John Tortorella was great with it when he was here because he would just talk about it. You know, he would watch a guy and he'd see him. The guy might play one shift and he might hate it and he might just be like, uh, next time – Next time the line came up, he would call two of the guys and then a different guy as the third name. And then the, the third guy would just go, oh, I guess I'm out, and, and jump right out there with them. So, uh, again, some changes are made in between periods uh, in the dressing room before the team comes back out. But the bulk, I would say the bulk of the changes are made on the fly during the game. You know, uh, maybe you you thought you had a good matchup. You thought that this line would match up well against this line, and all of a sudden it's not. So you want to change some personnel. You want to move some guys. You want to call them off the ice. You want to put some different guys on the ice. Uh, so the bulk of those things are happening on the fly as uh, the game goes along, to be honest with you. So I hope that helps to straighten it out for you a little bit. Look, it's it's a read and react world, as they say, Right. I mean, everything that we do in life. How many times have you gone to do something and you thought, oh, if I do it this way, I know it's absolutely going to work perfectly, and you get about 20 seconds into whatever you're doing and you say, this doesn't work at all. I've got to make a change. I've got to adjust. And that's the same thing the coaches are doing uh, on the bench throughout the course of the game. They are making those changes and uh, trying to better their position and give their teams a better chance to win. It's as simple as that. So there you have it. I hope that gets you straightened out a little bit uh, with a little Hockey 101 here on this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. Blue Jackets, again, are set to play on Thursday. They will be in Philadelphia taking on the Flyers. And, um, you know, I talked about those two guys getting put on the COVID protocol. Kind of a weird week because there are a number of days here that, uh, you know, you have a chance to – if you get put on that list, you have a chance to get back in there maybe before the Friday game uh, against the Penguins. And, um, you know, I was looking. I should have looked at that 
that release a little bit earlier. So I guess they go on the if they go on the list today, what is today? Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday. If, if you clear on Friday, you can come back and play on Friday, you know, with the five-day thing. Five days in the negative test. So uh, what you do is you, you cross your fingers. And, and this is something, I've said this before, and when we all know it, but every team in the league is going through this. Every team on a daily basis is looking at their lineup and, well, look what happened to the Blue Jackets the other day. You know, Cole Sillinger is getting ready to play. Uh, he's he's in the room. He's going to the uh, pregame meeting in the morning and ready to, ready to go. And by the time lunchtime rolls around, all of a sudden, he's not going to be able to play in the game. So everybody's dealing with it. Uh, you just kind of kind of do what you can do and uh, and hope that uh, hope that uh, you that you're not losing. Uh, hope that you're not losing t- too many players. Uh, every night. Uh, so the Blue Jackets uh, with Boquist and Gavrikov going into the COVID-19 protocols. Uh, defenseman Jake Christensen, who just made his NHL debut on that uh, trip to Jersey. Uh, how long has it been? I wanted to say a couple of weeks ago. Has it been a couple of weeks? Feels like a long time, but week and a half, whatever it's been. Jake Christensen made his uh, NHL debut in that game in New Jersey. He has been brought back from the Cleveland Monsters to be put on the Blue Jackets roster as the Blue Jackets get set for their game on Thursday night in Philadelphia. That game gets underway at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Our pregame coverage will begin at 6.30, both on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Bally Sports Ohio. Also like to remind you, a little programming note coming up on Wednesday, another edition of the Inside Edge. Jody Shelley and I will get together and talk about the Blue Jackets. I don't have the guests lined up yet, but I have a guy in mind that I am probably going to request, who probably got named an all-star last week. So uh, that'll be 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, and you can hear that show on the flagship station of the Blue Jackets Radio Network, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. You can also get it on the Blue Jackets app and at bluejackets.com. And don't forget, any time that you happen to miss the Inside Edge or CBJ and 30, you can get it wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just subscribe to CBJ Radio. So maybe you've done that. And maybe you missed this, and maybe you're listening to it as a replay. Maybe you are. Who knows? But uh, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we've got a couple of people to get involved today. So earlier in the year, we incorporated the uh, you know the, the voice questions like I had early in the show. Uh, we've got the emails coming in, got the uh, tweets coming in, got the uh, voicemail questions coming in, and now we've just gone live on Twitter Spaces today to try to add a little bit something more to it. So if you have liked this format, if you enjoy it, you can send me a tweet and let me know, at Bobby Mac Sports. And, uh, you know, there's so many things we can do. We're always looking to make it better around here. So thanks for being on here today. Really appreciate it. And uh, make sure that you're ready on Thursday when the Blue Jackets take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, by the way, I, I guess I should say this, too, uh, our, our next Coors Light watch party is coming up. It's at Rudy's on Thursday night, and the doors open at 6 o'clock for that. So if you want to go to the watch party and uh, catch the Blue Jackets and the Flyers, you can do that. And then if you happen to leave early, then just catch the rest on the Blue Jackets radio network as you're making your way home. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.